So, Jeremy, I'm not, like, the best athlete in the world, right? Right. Um, right. I mean, absolutely yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> I guess you don't necessarily know. It's not like you've ever really yeah. seen me. We didn't play any sports. We didn't go to the YMCA and play any pickup basketball when I was in town. No. No. I've done some pickup basketball, and I am not one of the best people on the floor. That's for sure. But you know what I uh, I picture you really good at though would be like bowling. Have you ever bowled? You know that's funny. Um, I'm not great at real life bowling i think just for lack of practice yeah you haven't done it enough lack of experience right exactly um my dad used to bowl um i'm super good at wee bowling i don't know if that counts i i i used to i think my high score on wee bowling was like 290 something nice like i i I did very well at, at that game. Did you um, no, actually so bowl? My perp, the point I'm... Uh, Sorry, I, I, I cut out or you cut out. No, I'm asking when you were wee bowling, did you actually do the motion or did you just sit on the couch and flick your wrist? Oh, no, I did the whole... The whole motion, absolutely. Nice, nice. I had, uh, when I, so now I meant to tell this different story, but now I'm going to tell this story. Okay. When I used to work at a program with people with special needs, I um, used petty cash to buy the program uh, Wii, and it was a huge hit. And um, all we ever did was we sports and mostly we bowling and my boss at the time was this large uh native american lady um who towered over everybody including me and she was very intimidating but she was also like if you could if you could break down her wall she was just a blast and one of the things that broke down her wall was we sports and we bowling and just about every day she at the end towards the end of the day when everything's winding down and we're just waiting for people's parents to come pick them up she would come and uh challenge me to bowling and we had this friendly rivalry going on she had a she she we would go back and forth but i i'm pretty sure by the end she just couldn't beat my best time my best score i mean um so i'm proud of that anyway so the (laughs) the reason (laughs) i even brought all this up in the first place this is what happens when I tell a story in the cold open of the show. It goes about 5,000 minutes longer than it's supposed to. Anyway, the whole reason I brought this up was because I am decent at golf, right? But not like stellar. I'm not the best player, the best golf player in the world, but I'm, but I'm all right at it. Okay. You're gone. No, I'm here. I'm just listening for a while. Oh, no, you're not gone. I'm, li- I'm listening for once. I know that's a shock. Okay. And um, <clears throat> it made me think of it when I was editing our last episode, and you were talking about your 
your first official date, right? Yeah. With um, your new lady there. Yeah. And I was thinking about one of my first official dates with Coley was this time that we went to a driving range and got ice cream and, and had dinner and blah, blah, blah. But at the driving range, we're there, and it's pretty busy. There's a lot of people there. We're hitting some balls, and there's these large metal signs, like probably like 10 feet large, um, 10 feet across um, diameter, and they're out marking, you know, 100 feet, 150 feet, 200 feet. And I... Or is it yards? I don't even know what they are. They're, they're marking the distance. And um, so I said to Coley, I was like, what would you give me if I can hit the 200-foot sign with with the ball? And she's like, well, I'll, I'll buy you ice cream. And if you don't hit it, you have to buy me ice cream. Well... Ice cream apparently will motivate me to do superhuman things because very next shot, I swing, and God's honest truth, she will tell you the same thing. I hit that sign. I swing, hit the ball, very next shot. And we're listening, and I'm watching it go, and I listen, and then I hear, ting! (laughs) You hear it hit this sign 200 feet away. And everybody stopped what they were doing and looked at me like in awe. And I just felt in that moment like a fucking god. It was amazing. It was so cool. It was the best thing that I've ever done. Did did you do the Babe Ruth call your shot thing? Like did you? You should have totally done it. I mean that's basically what it was. I called my shot. But this, no, hitting a home run in, in the general you know, left field area bleachers yeah. was is nothing compared to hitting this sign two hundred feet away. So it's a ten foot sign, you. like ten foot wide. So at two hundred yeah. feet that's yeah, that's that's a pretty small target at two hundred feet. Yeah. Yeah. Well with the golf ball. Wow. Yeah, with the well and a golf club, right? It was it was like two hundred feet or two hundred yards, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, 200 yards would be like two football fields. 200 yards is insane, yeah. So, it was 200 feet, yeah, something like that. It was way out there. It was the furthest sign of the bunch. If you've ever been to a driving range, like, you know, they go out there. And it was the furthest one. And I had been hitting, like, near it. So, I was like, maybe I could do this. Nice. Well, good job. Very next shot. So Bam. ice cream. I'm just telling you, it's amazing. Ice cream has been a, a a very important part of you guys' relationship ever since then. <laughs> yes, yes, it has. Don't true. don't didn't I'll, didn't I'll, like I'll, for a while you would go have ice cream like every Saturday. Wasn't that a thing you did, or am I was that my drinking days? Oh, and I imagine we that. love ice cream. Yeah. we both we both love ice cream. My nickname with. One of my friends growing up was Ice Cream Jones because I just loved it so much. I see. Wow. But anyway, it I it just made me think of it because you did something amazing on your first date. 
Yes. When you saved her life. And, Correct. And I didn't save a life, but, you know, I hit a golf ball really far. You might have saved a life. You don't know that you didn't. Yeah, it's true. You might. You, maybe, maybe that had a butterfly effect. You might have saved your own life. I mean, that night was part of the catalyst that helped create a life at some point. So. It's true. There, That's right. There's that. You know what? That's correct. Quinn would not exist if I hadn't. If, hit if you hadn't that hit that ball. ball. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank God for big sticks and little balls. Good times. So. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to touch that one. No. Um, so I just, you know, I just wish I had somewhere, some way that I could talk about all the cool things I've ever done. That would be nice. Hey, of course we have a podcast. Oh yeah, we do. Don't we insert intro music here? Wasn't my best. Wasn't your best. So, so Daniel, keeping with the sports theme, you recently told the entire world on Facebook before you told me who probably at this point in your life is your best friend that you were going to be doing something pretty cool that involves sports with your daughter. So why don't you tell everybody that doesn't know about that, including me at this point about that? That's true. This does tie in. Look at that. We're so good at this. Um, yeah, I'm going to be coaching her basketball team. She's in third grade, so it's a third and fourth grade basketball team. And I will be coaching it. So are you, Girls are you like the head coach, the assistant coach, the water boy? Like yeah. what level are we at? I'm, I'm the only coach. Yeah, the only so coach. There's, so there's, you know, different age groups um, in town. And each age group um, is split up depending on how many kids they have. So we have 16 kids. So that's eight per team. If you can do that math. I barely. Um, and so because there's 16, they, they just, they had to split them up. They couldn't put that many on one team. Yeah. Um, so her best friend, Quinn's best friend, her mom, uh, was a star player in town and is very basketball smart and savvy, um, and way better than I am. I, I am sure. Um, so, She's going to be coaching one of the teams, and I'll be coaching the other. So Quinn will be on my team. Her daughter will be on her team. And we, they had a tryout last night. Um, it was the first, the first like practice, quote unquote. Um, but it was more of a clinic to show the kids um, some skills, but also. Um, test their skills a little bit and see how well they do. Um, and everybody gets on a team. So n nobody's cut by any means at that age. Um, but it's it was just sort of for us to assess them and see where they're at and figure out what we need to work on with them. And, um, and then 
figure out who's going to be on what team. Yeah, how does that work? Other than, obviously, your own kid is on your team. Do you guys do, like, a draft? Do you take right. turns? Is it, like, high school gym class? We did, we did a draft. Yeah. yeah, we did a draft afterwards. Um, not with the kids involved. It was just... Yeah. It was very informal. Yeah. It was just the, the us two. Um, she has an assistant coach, which is just her friend, I think, helps her out, which I wish I had one, but whatever. Um, and then... Uh, the athletic director in town. Um, we just sat in his office and hashed out who gets who, and the you know that it was very simple, cordial, nice. So, like, how structured yeah. is this? How many practices a week? Do you play actual games? So, we're gonna start with two practices a week, I think, because we're gonna be combining the teams, because. Um, we're going to have them kind of scrimmage a little bit. Well, the first practice will be just once, and it'll be just my team and me um, and us just getting to know each other. And um, and then the second will be combined with the other team um, and then a couple more combined with the other team so that they can – practice and do some drills but then also at the end of practice we'll get together and scrimmage so they can they can see what a game is like before they start playing games that's cool that's exciting congratulations Um, yeah yeah well i mean I volunteered (laughs) if i hadn't volunteered nobody else would have volunteered and those eight girls wouldn't have been able to play yeah. so well, or at least six of them yeah so anyway you did good for volunteering yeah. congratulations on being a decent human thanks. and volunteering thanks yeah i would be your assistant coach uh, but i'm not there <laughs> i'm a little nervous about it honestly i would I, be too i, mean, I was nervous yeah yeah it's just because i i don't it's just because you don't know what the fuck you're doing that's why right well yeah i mean yes there's that but also there's pressure to um teach the girls the game the right way um but also at the same time i don't want to pressure them to win yeah um it's for me it's not about winning and it's not about who's the best player or anything like that. And I don't want them putting pressure on themselves to be great or, or anything, you know, or have any high standards on themselves because um, that's not what it's about for me. It's, it's about having fun and learning and just the life skills that they can get from um, being on a team like that. Um, And so, I think that's what it should be all about, and I think you'll you'll be successful even if you don't win a game. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like we both, um, and and the athletic director all um, have that same mentality for this age group. Yeah, you know, he was he was talking to us, and um, I know him pretty well. He knows both of us pretty well, so it was very casual conversation he was just like listen i i I don't expect these girls to win every game and i don't expect it to be competitive i don't want it to be for them it i just want it to be fun um so and and same 
you know, that's uh, that was good to hear because that's my mentality going into it. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Nice. So um, switching gears, I don't remember what we were going to talk yeah. about, but have uh, how was your Halloween? Did did Quinn get all the candy? Her pillowcase was a full. Um, yeah, she got a lot of candy. Uh, I think she kind of cut her trick-or-treating short a little bit. I think she was just, like, tired and had done so much trick-or-treating already, you know? Yeah. So, but she's got plenty of candy, and she never goes through all of her Halloween candy anyway, so it was fine. But the problem is... We didn't get nearly as many trick-or-treaters as we I was going to ask if you got 150 trick-or-treaters. No. No. We got like 75, something around there. Yeah. Maybe 100, but I don't think so. I don't don't think we did. Um, So the way my house is, it's in a busy neighborhood, but my house and my street are kind of disconnected like they're down a block off the beaten path Um, and well they're just like there's there's a busy part of the neighborhood and then there's this one little block that goes down um that you don't need to go down like it's not like it's not a natural loop to walk by my house um to walk around the neighborhood like you have to make a special pass yeah. down my street to to go past my house, and the problem is I think a lot of my neighbors had their lights off, so they would look down our street and down the adjacent street. My street is on the corner, um, this other street, but it's right on the corner, and it's um, everybody on the adjacent street had their lights off. So I think a lot of kids just looked down that street and saw darkness and were like, oh, I'm not going to go down there. So That makes sense. But, but like, I go all out, and I post pictures in the local Facebook group, and I'm like, make sure your kids come down to our street and come by my house because I've got tons of candy. And so I think we'd get even less if I didn't do that. I see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it would be a shame if somebody so, didn't see your costumes in your house. Because I think you do a good job. It just stinks. Yeah, yeah. And your pumpkins. I, I your pumpkin. Your pumpkin carving is is much better than average. Way better than mine. I didn't try very hard this year, though. Well, I thought the ones like last the years past, last I, last years were definitely more impressive than these ones, but still, they were nice. Yeah, they were my nice. baby Yoda last year was amazing. Yeah. I mean, not to toot my own horn but i was proud of that <laughs> not to crank my own shaft but yes <laughs> <laughs> no this year i just wasn't feeling it i was like i'm not i'm not in the mood to carve pumpkins i'm just gonna phone this one in and do a quick little face it worked it worked but, yeah how did how did your girls do on halloween um i don't know how much candy they got because i wasn't with them so, but I did get to see them for about 30 seconds, which was nice. Their costumes were fantastic. Uh, their moms, their grandma always does homemade costumes and she does a really good job. Got to give credit where it's due. 
So the whole family yeah. kind of dressed up as not kind of the whole family dressed up as as Wizard of Oz characters. Um, oh, that's fun. So I did see them when they came by for trunk retreat. I don't know if it was intended that they were supposed to come to mine or because we were in Heather's Jeep. They didn't realize I was there. I don't really know. But either way, I did get to see him mm-hmm. for a little while, for a minute. Um, but um, what? Can I, can I ask, was that awkward? No, they've met Heather. Oh, okay. Alicia wasn't there. So my sense is she, oh, okay. she probably saw us in the distance and it was actually her son that brought him to us. So I don't know if he, he said, no, they have to go or exactly how that went down. Um, but yeah, so, so she didn't come by. It was just her, her son, Cooper, which I love Cooper. I'll always love Cooper. And he had the girls with him. He didn't have his, his two year old son with him. He didn't have him. And then Alicia's sister did walk by and, make a couple snarky comments, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> so we did trunk retreat in Conrad. We had a hocus pocus theme and that was fun. Yeah. We passed out about $125 worth of candy. There was quite a few kids that came mm-hmm. through. Then we went and had pizza and called it a night. So it was nice. Okay. Um, yeah, I have so much candy left over because <coughs> I didn't get as many kids as I expected. So I brought it, I brought a lot of it to work. Yeah. But here's the, the crappy thing about it, right? We had one bag, big bag, but one big bag of like Snickers, Milky Way. The good stuff. Like all the the good stuff, the classics, yeah. right? And that was, of course, the first bag that we put out, and that all went. Ah, uh, rookie mistake. So now rookie we're left mistake. With, like, yeah, we're left with. The, I mean, the, nothing else that we have is bad, but it, there's like no chocolate. Yeah. We have gummy bears and Swedish fish and um, uh, Jolly Ranchers and. Um, yes. Um, so the fruity candy. Uh, Sour Patch yeah. Kids. That's all right. But I just want some chocolate. I know. Like when I sit down at the end of the night and I just want one little snack, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would I would just have just one little Snickers or one little Milky Way, and that would do me just fine. Or three Musketeers, but I don't have any. I got fucking gummy bears coming out of my ears. Well, but no three Musketeers. You got to remember that next year. You got to remember that next year. Um, do you guys? Everything we just said rhymed. It <laughs> it did. We were doing it in timed. Wait. So, do you actually hand out the candy, or do you put it in a bowl for people to take? Oh no, I hand it out, and I dress up, and I scare kids. Oh yeah, and I have music going the whole time. Last year was better. This year I was dressed up as a werewolf and it didn't work as well. Last year I had this like uh Hannibal mask yeah. on and I had I I just was I didn't ha- I had just kind of normal clothes but it was a creepy mask, right? Yeah. And um 
so I just sat in the chair pretending to be like dead and the kids would it would just freak kids out that this man was just sitting there not moving right yeah and my eyes were open but I wasn't looking at them anyway it's a whole performance you should you, you should try to very to get on like the local haunted house committee or something or if there isn't one you should start one I think I think that'd be fun for you, you would <laughs> there's like another house in town that goes way out they they're they're their decorations are much bigger than mine, and they have people. Like we drove over there just to check it out and see, um, and they they were handing out like apple cider, and they have they, theirs theirs is huge. It's well, really they've been in the game longer. You'll get there. You'll get there. That, sure. So sure. I guess my um, I'm not even sure why I care why I'm asking, but so like. My question wasn't more whether you participated by asking if you handed out the candy. So like last year when, when COVID was still more of a thing, did you like physically hand it out or did you let them grab their own? Um, Cause I know I still, um, I still noticed some of that here and that's why I was asking. Right. Right. No, I just, I think actually last year I just had the, the bucket or the bowl um, sitting on the steps near me yeah. and they could just take what they yeah. wanted. Cool, and I, I don't really restrict the kids. I I take I I was especially this year after I realized like okay we we're not getting as many kids as I think we should, so I was like take a handful, and some kids would take a handful, yeah, like quite literally fifteen pieces <laughs> of candy. <laughs> yeah, it's like good for you. That's yeah. fine. Let's so. So I'm curious, do you have all your Halloween stuff put away now? You got your Christmas decorations up? How how do you transition? So all my Halloween stuff is taken down. It's not outside anymore, but it's sitting in my living room actually. Like I have this six foot lady staring at me right now in my living room. Oh. I didn't know Coley was that tall. <laughs> nope. No, she's not. It's a different lady. No. Don't tell her about it. Okay. Hope she doesn't listen to the show. Our secret. Um, and yeah, they're all just piled up over by my my record player right now. But um, no, I have not decorated for Christmas yet. No, I'm not there yet. Okay. Have you? Uh, I do have a tree. It's not quite up yet. I remember I'm living in an apartment this year, Daniel. Um, right. I do have some decorations on my front door. So... I will be that. De- so you are an early decorator. I well, yeah. I tend to transition after Halloween. I don't. Um, it's not that I don't like Thanksgiving because I love Thanksgiving, but like, I feel like outside is naturally decorated for Thanksgiving. So, what mm-hmm. am I going to do? Come spread a bunch yeah. of fucking leaves all over my house? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Gonna have some turkeys run fucking wild through my hallway? No, I'm good. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so like, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to go all out here. Hopefully I'll have a house next year that I can do more with. Um, but it, I, okay. So if you did have a house though, would you have decorated for Christmas? I would be starting. Also, I don't know if it's just because it's Montana, but you you almost got to get started as early as you can because the weather turns to shit and right. It makes it that much yeah. more difficult to do. Um, that, that makes sense. So there's been some debates. 
I guess maybe just locally, but I've seen some on Facebook where people are like, I haven't even had my turkey yet. Put your Christmas lights away, whatever. So there's this one dude at work that um, is very adamant that you should not decorate or celebrate Christmas until after Thanksgiving. So I right. was just thinking about that. He's a uh, he's a, a war veteran. He's He's got a purple heart, so you could say he's a decorated war veteran. Um, uh-huh. good, good guy. Like, thank, thank you for your service. Yeah, like, good dude. But he, uh, yep. he told me yesterday, he's like, you know, especially now that you're dating a veteran, because Heather's a veteran, he's like, it's completely okay. disrespectful to just overlook Veterans Day for Christmas. And I'm like, Jack, I can celebrate both. I have the utmost respect and, and honor for our veterans. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you decorate for veterans. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you put a flag <laughs> up, but it's not. <laughs> I know. Anyway, so, and then he says that Thanksgiving is the only time a year he gets one pecan pie, and he doesn't want to ruin that with Christmas. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you're still going to have Thanksgiving. You could still have pecan it's pie. It's not an either or situation. Yeah, yeah, right? And you can have pecan pie other times of the year. Like, you're limiting yourself to having it that one time, which I get. I can respect that. Yeah. Makes you. What is a, that's a, you know what? I, I switch gears for a quick okay. second. Let's take a, a detour. What is a seasonal food or holiday food that you would eat all year long? Or or sometimes would want to me me year. personally. Yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed, I'll make this caveat, is different parts of the country have different traditional um, Thanksgiving like yeah. like like dishes. True. Like macaroni and cheese is not a traditional Thanksgiving dish where I come from, whether I lived in South Dakota or or no. Montana. But in a lot of places, it no. is. Um, mm-hmm. Not for yeah. Me. So, I mean, I would eat turkey. Like, I would eat turkey year round. I'll eat mashed potatoes, obviously, year round. But I guess the one that I would eat year round that's really more and more traditional would be like yams or sweet potatoes. Um, I really like those. And maybe I only like those because I don't eat them often. Um, and pump, pumpkin right. pie would be another one. I actually really like pumpkin pie, but I, I, I mm. don't eat it other than around the holidays if at all anymore because of the diabetes me too but i would eat it year round yeah. if it was just there like for sure what about what's pumpkin pie made of uh pumpkin and pie because quinn it's asked right there in the title the other day because the, hold on the because she well, i don't know the first thanksgiving um her her first well maybe it was her second thanksgiving anyway she we spent it in a hospital because Coley's uncle was in the hospital, so we all went to visit him and had Thanksgiving um, dinner at the in the hospital cafeteria, which was actually lovely. It was one of the best Thanksgivings ever. Um, and Quinn, the only thing she would eat was the pumpkin pie, and she loved it. And so her and I were talking about that, and she she's saying she doesn't like pumpkin pie anymore. And we were carving the pumpkins, and she's like, so is pumpkin pie just this stuff? Like, you know, the guts of the pumpkin? Yeah. What is it? I didn't have an answer for her. And you still don't know? No. So 
the no, it's not the guts of the pumpkin. It's the actual pumpkin itself. Um, I didn't think so, but what do you mean it's the actual pumpkin you, itself? Okay, full disclosure, I've never made a real homemade pumpkin pie, but the gist of it is is you do, so you, you know, instead of cutting the top off and scraping it out like you would a jack-o'-lantern, and they do make, like, pie pumpkins, which are generally smaller um, and probably sweeter, I would guess, you know, if you were to actually eat the okay. flesh or the the gourd the gourd yeah. part so you do yeah. scrape it out and you um get all the seeds and and dangly stuff out and but you can just cut it in half right because you don't you're not right. trying to keep the pumpkin whole and then really right. you simmer the pumpkin until it turns mushy and then you mush it and puree it and then even the skin yeah like the outside, I imagine yeah. it has like a squashy kind yeah, of skin, yeah. you know, like an acorn, yeah, yeah. acorn squash. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that would come off at some point. I don't really know. Like I said, I've never done it. Um, yeah. But then you would add whatever other ingredients that you would want to make because it's going to need, you know, some sort of, of binder or, or stiffener in it or, or something at some point. And your spices. Your spices, and your spices and yeah. You know, probably a lot of sugar. Um Yeah. Yeah, and your cinnamon, your cloves, allspice. I suppose you. Yeah, I suppose you could just. What do you? Ginger. What would you use for the? Um, what would the binder be like? Gelatin kind no, of no. thing. No, no. You would use like eggs and and probably evaporated milk. Okay. So not not really that much different than making it out of canned pumpkin puree. Like yeah. like if if you don't if you buy the just normal pumpkin, in a can, you yeah. still have to add eggs and and sugar and and all that stuff to it. Okay. And um, okay. usually evaporated milk. So it would be that same concept. And but, So when you're buying but you're the just can, because I've pumpkin. never made a pumpkin pie myself, I'm, my mother-in-law always makes the pumpkin pie, okay. and my mom is notoriously a terrible baker. Sorry, Mom, you're a wonderful cook, but you, she knows she's a terrible baker. She doesn't listen to this anyway. My parents don't listen to the show because they're not supportive. But they, <laughs> I hope they listen to it in here. They're going to listen to this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> I've never baked one myself. So, so when you get that can, it's basically just pumpkin guts. Well, I think there's you can buy. They have different varieties, but. Okay. Yes, yeah. for the most part, it is. You, if you look there, you still need. All yeah, the there's there's some that you don't have to add as many ingredients. But if you're buying just the the pure pumpkin squash, pumpkin puree, then then yeah, all all's, all's that is is the pumpkin itself rendered down into a puree form. So then you gotcha. Add the milk and okay. eggs and spices and sugar and whatnot. Mix it up real well, and it'll be fairly loose looking. And then you put it in a pie shell. Bake it, you know, make your pie shell, put the pie shell in the pie tin, pie glass, whatever uh-huh. you're using, yeah. and put your mixture in there, bake it, and then let it cool and cut it. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's overly difficult to make homemade pumpkin pie. It's just easier to open a can, like with most things. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I that's what that's kind of what I assumed was that it was almost like you were 
You would almost cook the um, pumpkin sort of like you would butternut squash. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean I think you could probably even bake it. Any, any way you decide to cook the actual gourd to get it soft so that you can, yeah. can mash it is, is fine. Right. You know? Okay. You, you probably wouldn't want to just straight up Great. boil it a bunch of water because that would probably make it very hard to get dry enough if that makes sense to, to get all that right, yeah. that excess moisture out especially when you're going to be adding other moisture in the form of eggs and and milk evaporated milk gotcha but gotcha okay yeah well that's just fascinating. so Interesting. so what's your answer to that question though what's one traditional holiday food that you would eat year-round um i have a very quick answer for this okay uh and it's St. Patrick's Day. It's um, corned beef, you know, corned beef and yes. cabbage, yeah, and and carrots, yeah, yeah. I thought we were just talking Christmas and Thanksgiving. So yeah, that's that's a good answer. No, no. Although I would drink eggnog year round, okay. even in dead of summer. I would. So like, do Cadbury eggs count? Actually, those things are those uh, things those yeah, things are fucking nasty. I would not eat those any time any, any time of the year. But God, okay, a you know I hate eggs. Like, <sighs> hate them, right? Gross. Why would I want? Yes, I know that. But Cadbury eggs aren't real eggs. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They still got nasty, runny shit in the middle of them. <laughs> it's just not not natural, Daniel. Be like, I don't know, a fucking... No, of course it's not. Taking a bite of a pickle and having a bunch of fucking gooey shit run out in your mouth. Gross. Who wants that? <laughs> but they don't taste like pickles. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's chocolate and sugar. Yeah. Sugary creaminess. I don't know. I've just never liked them. Oh, I love them. That's... Anyway, corned beef and cabbage, but only because I make some... Banging corned beef hash with the leftovers. Nice homemade hash. Uh, yeah, nice. Every year, that is my, that is what I do with the leftovers. Because Coley and Quinn don't really like to eat leftovers at all. Okay. Ever. So let. Um, go ahead. Yeah. No. Go so ahead. let me ask this: What is a I don't know, we'll call it a guilty pleasure food that you eat that probably is disgusting and that you probably shouldn't eat. Like spam or something like that. Oh, God. Oh, okay. I don't eat this really anymore, but I used to as a kid, and I would. If somebody put it in front of me, I would absolutely devour it. Um, but liver and onions. Oh, God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> my dad used to make it for me and I loved it so much. I can still smell it just thinking about it. What do you like? Loved it. Soak it in buttermilk and, and then flour it and fry it in bacon grease like that, that sort of style. Uh, no, he would just cook it like a steak. Ugh, God. <laughs> With some onions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's awful. What? It was delicious. I'm telling you, dude. That shit smells like piss when it's cooking. Like, ah, uh, 
Not well. I think it's the onions that I'm smelling. You know, that's the best part. That's I hate onions, and it smells ten times better than the liver. Anyway, <laughs> that's fine. What's that's yours? Fine. I've I've cooked tons and tons of liver and onions. Like old people love it, but I yeah, I haven't had it on our menu at work in a long time, and I try to avoid anybody thinking about it. Uh, a guilty pleasure, like stupid easy food, like you when you mentioned homemade corned beef. That's what sparked my memory on that. I used to mm-hmm. love the canned corned beef hash, like the Mary Kitchen or whatever brand it is. I do too. Yeah. God, yeah. I, I I would still smash that if somebody were to put it in front of me. Oh yeah, yeah. But I really just pref- I I just really enjoy my homemade stuff because I. Um, you know, I omit the cabbage, obviously, but I basically just take everything else that was in that pot of corned beef. So the the pepper, I mean, the peppers, the potatoes, the onions, the um, corned beef, corned beef, and the carrots. And I, you know, chop up the potatoes and carrots and the onions real, pretty real fine. tiny, right? Yeah. I try to like make it as close to the corn the canned stuff as yeah. possible but i but i like you know slightly bigger chunks of corned beef in it so just chop it all up and then fry it up in the in the cast iron and get a good crisp on the one side and yeah, that's that, it that sounds sounds lovely yes it's so it's so freaking good it makes me so happy every march good um we made we made so Quinn's got this old Betty Crocker kids cookbook. Okay. Which is full of just some, like, sometimes I'm just like, really? This is how we used to eat? Um, and she decided she wanted to try Sloppy Joe's. So, of course, she wanted to try Sloppy Joe's, which means I made the Sloppy Joe's. Sure. And let me tell you, Sloppy Joes are disgusting. They are disgusting. <laughs> I, we ate them, and I was I was excited because I haven't had Sloppy Joes since I was a kid, and I loved them as a kid. Oh, I always but, hated them as a kid. Ugh. Oh, man. I was just like, wait, is this how they've always tasted? Because this is gross. <laughs> it is. Like, and she didn't like it either. So, If it was just more like spaghetti sauce on a bun... I could probably handle that, but I don't know yeah. that that very distinct flavor of sloppy joes I do not like. Well, and it was specifically this recipe. I feel like it it didn't have like flavors that I would have done if I had just thought up my own sloppy joe recipe. It was get uh, guess how guess okay, there were two two ingredients basically. It really was just two ingredients. <laughs> mustard mu- mustard and ketchup? No. No. Worse. Ketchup and Campbell's tomato soup. Ew. Right? Yeah. That was it. It was a can of tomato soup and a cup of ketchup. And that was it. And ground beef? Yeah. No like onions There's- and peppers or anything? Nothing and no seasoning, no mustard, no Worcestershire sauce or brown sugar or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that sounds awful. Right? It was disgusting. It was like I don't understand 
why there aren't other flavors in this. It, because tomato soup and ketchup, they're basically the same thing. They're, they're similar enough, you could say like, so, yes. Was this they're like too close. Was this they're like too close to each other? Depression era Betty Crocker cookbook? Like, how old is this thing? My God. I know. I, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. So, anywho, what else were we going to talk about tonight? Because well, we, I feel like we just always end up talking about food. We did. So, today's uh, election day, I guess, in all seriousness. And uh, midterm elections across the country. And... I had mentioned earlier that I mailed my ballot in locally a couple of weeks ago. There wasn't a whole lot on um, on my ballot. Montana, neither one of our senators are up for, like, they, they both get voted on in, in normal years, not midterm years. Like, it doesn't alternate for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. And we only have one, one um, representative in the House. So that was on the ballot. And locally in the county I'm in – Pretty much everybody ran unopposed, and it was all people that already hold their seats for, like, you know, election commissioner, clerk of court, all that stuff. So um, then there was one initiative that had to do with uh, uh, babies being born and making it a law to to offer or to administer life sustaining services, even if it's born alive during an abortion. So that was probably the most controversial thing on there. Or uh, if you could even call it that, I don't know what the right word for that is. So not a whole lot of action on my end. Um, I know nationally, you know, a lot of States have, have Senate senators up, up, up for reelection and governors and other secretaries of state. Yeah. Yeah, those sorts yeah. of things. So, so I did my my civic duty. I did vote. Um, it's good. I'm Me not too. wasn't as invested into the election as I have been in years past, and that's yeah. just because I've tried to not be as. I don't know if the, what the right word is. Like I still care about politics, I guess, but I don't let it upset me like I used like it used to. Yeah, you can you can get sucked into it. Yeah, for whatever you know. reason, it is what it is. When I say you, I mean the the, the general public. You. And yeah, I genuinely feel that that Republican Democrat, it's two sides to the same coin. Like, I mean, in all seriousness, the the Republicans are probably going to win the House and Senate tonight, and they all run on these platforms that they want to do this, change this. The Democrats have had the power of both of those for years and none of them ever do anything because they just want to run on those issues nonstop. So like politicians and politics in general to me is just kind of stupid. Um, Well, and that's just the thing is like, you know, when I stress out about, because I'm generally vote Democrat. Um, so when I get stressed about Republicans taking the Senate and the House, I'm, I just think, well, okay, so let them prove that they can make the country better. And, you know, when they don't, people will vote them back out. Yeah, know? it's and just a it'll cycle. It'll swing the other way. I think, and not to get into the specifics on how you feel about any of these issues, but if you think about the the pretty major issues of the last eight to to 12 years, like, like guns and climate change, both parties have had the power to substantially do something. However they feel is right about either one of those 
scenarios and neither one really has. And then they just blame it on each other when the truth is, in my opinion, they really need those to be issues to keep, keep the rest of us divided and to keep people voting in the incumbents. Like, like if something like term limits were on the ballot, I would be, I would find my political voice instantly and heavily. Like that would be something I'd be passionate about, but I don't know. It's amazing that term limits seems like, um, something every, every voter, no matter what side of the aisle you're on can agree on. Yeah. That there should be term limits. And yet it's never something they'll ever pass because it's, it goes against their, best interests. Yeah. And, and even, yeah. even the people like, you know, sometimes there'll be newly elected senators and the one that comes to mind, and I'm not saying I agree with him or disagree with him politically, you know, or whatever. But like, I think like Ted Cruz, when he was first elected, he constantly talked about term limits. And now that he's on like his third term, he never fucking mentions it like ever. Right. Like, right. It's just, yeah, I, I, I truly believe yeah. if we want change in this country to be democratic, um, then term limits need to be a thing because there's too many special interests. And like, like even, you know, this isn't really election related, but we talk about I talk about Congress and you see these 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 bills that you'll see this headline that, you know, Democrats block this bill that that by the headline of the bill makes perfect sense or Republicans block this bill that by the headline of the bill makes perfect sense. Nobody tells you those bills are eight, 900 pages long and there's all kinds of other bullshit in there that, that if you approve that headline, you're approving all this other stuff. And, um, you know, like, so, so term limits and I think there should be a clean bill act. I think every bill should be a single issue bill and it should be a clean bill. And then we Mm -hmm. would know how people really feel like, you wouldn't be able to hide behind that bullshit. Well, there just needs to be more transparency and that. Yeah. Would, that would, yeah. That yeah. Would go and, towards that. You know, like a Senator introduces a bill on Friday and it's 600 pages long and they vote on Monday. There's no fucking way. Anybody knows the whole complexity of that. The Senator that introduced the bill doesn't even know everything that's in that bill. You know, here's the other thing though about term limits is that, um, there's too many other things for those senators to do. You know, so say a senator, uh, there's loopholes, basically, yeah. is what I, the way I see it, is that they, like with everything, they would find loopholes and they would find ways to um, s- still stay in some sort of power. And oh, so, sure. you know, <clears throat> they might, they might end their term as a senator but then they'll go to the house of representatives Mm -hmm. or they'll run for president or and this is all stuff that happens anyway right yeah um or they'll become a governor or whatever right um and almost what seems like it almost seems like what would happen if that were the case is that you'd you'd have individuals almost spreading their influence wider. You know, you could have them serve three terms in the Senate and then and then they get to serve three terms in the House. And then they're like, okay, now I'm going to serve two terms as a governor. Um, and then I'm going to serve, you know, I'm going to run for president and serve two terms as president. And it's, 
it's almost like that almost gives them more power than if they just stayed in the Senate. Well, I yeah, I understand what you're saying, and I th- but I think that still happens sometimes. Um, it does, it does. It, when they lose, they yeah. run for something else. I mean, yeah. I like I I you probably don't, but I like Beto O'Rourke, um, and you can see it with him. He he lost his Senate race, so now he's running for governor. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, I, th- I mean, I think that happens a lot. But I think yeah. that's the difference between offices. Like, governor doesn't really have that much authority, like, on a national no. level. They really don't. Right. A, a senator can be have a huge impact on the entire nation. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely think term limits for the House, Senate, and obviously president should be a thing. And yeah. do I think people would find a way to game that system? Sure, they would. You know, I think we might see more people serving all their their terms in the Senate and then getting out into the corporate world where they know how to to illegally lobby in a way that's right. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they there would still be abuse of power. No doubt about it. So, well, and that would be the other thing that is that what I could see is that term limit means one term and that or well, I don't know. I don't know. Like. If if we can make sure that they can only serve, say, two or three terms, period, the end, throughout time, because otherwise they're going to serve their two terms, and then they're going to go lobby in the corporate world, and then they're going to come back yeah. and serve more terms. Yeah. You know, I could see that happening, too, yeah. and then that's even worse. Yeah, like, you know, I don't know if it's still this way, but technically... <clears throat> the term limit for president is two terms and that's consecutive. So I almost feel like, like a president could serve their two terms, go out of office and run again. And I think, I mean, I think that that could be challenged whether that's constitutional or not. I don't know why I say this, but something comes to my mind, comes to mind where that was actually a possibility at one time or something like that. Um, I, I, yeah, no, I just, I agree in the world we live in. Anything's possible. Anything could be challenged at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's I don't have I don't have the answers, but I know yeah. the current system isn't working. And and as I'm pretty well known as somebody that's you know more for limited government, which doesn't necessarily mean you know Republican or Democrat. It, I think people traditionally feel those people are more conservative, which I guess by by default they are. There's also a lot of very liberal views when it comes to that, like things like abortion. You know, as somebody that that believes in limited government, I don't think the government should have any say in such matters. Like it's just whether I agree with it personally or not shouldn't matter Mm -hmm. because I don't want somebody to tell me that I can't, you know, put real gas in my pickup when it's 40 below. Like whatever. I just I I just I don't think that that um I'm getting off on a different tangent now. But anyway, I did vote. No, I, I'm glad yeah. you voted. I, I don't have, I guess my point was, I don't have the answers. Like, I don't think there's any single right answers anymore. And as traditional as I am and as, and as much as I believe we should adhere to the Constitution, it's also not, you know, 1784 when it was ratified. It's, it's different, or 1792, whatever the fuck year it was actually ratified. Um <laughs> And clearly not everything was in there. Now, do I think that means like we can make every argument that everything should be changed? No. 
I think that things need to be changed in a de- democratic process, which we're not doing that when we're just putting in the people that have the most money and for their entire life into some sort of, of, of whether it's Congress or whether it's the Senate or the House or some combination thereof to to just play games because that's all they do. Like if things were voted on in a true dem- democratic matter and held up, it would be a different story. None of us would really have a right to bitch and people would be more invested. But instead, our system is to vote on people who will then vote on those things, who then never actually vote on just those things and don't really care about any of those things. In my opinion, you know, by and large, there are people in Congress that are very passionate about some things. And most of those people are Democrats. Like they're very passionate about what they believe in and they truly want to see a change. I can respect those people, whether I agree with those changes or not far more than I can respect the people that sit there and, and hug babies and shake hands and say all the right things and never having any intent of actually making any of those changes come to fruition. So, you know, we talk about people like, like Bernie, who I don't necessarily agree with his politics, but I would vote for him over, over a Donald Trump or a Joe Biden or pretty much anybody. I really would. Cause yeah, at least he does things the way they're supposed to be done. Jeremy, what do you think of, there's been some talk, uh, recently about, um, People think that we're headed for a civil war again. What do you what do you think of those kind of? I don't. I. I mean, I think we've we've been hearing that talk for a long time. Do I think it's possible? Sure, I think it's possible. Do I would say that I think we're maybe too lazy as a society to do that. But after seeing, <laughs> after seeing the way protests broke out in the in the in the wake of you know the George Floyd and, and Black Lives Matter and whatnot, I don't think we are too lazy as a society to, to burn this bitch down if if somebody really chose to. Um, that and 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 January sixth too. You know, there's obviously passion on both sides. Yeah. Um, but a full, you know, I guess, I guess it would never be a civil war like you hear about in other countries or like we had in our own country in the mid 1800s. Um, but I think in a way we're already at a, you know, at a, almost a cold civil war with, with the media yes. and, and the social networking and things like that. Just like even Twitter, like, holy shit, Twitter, like the, the, I, I don't. How do I say this? I don't. I. I don't think it's a stretch to say that they have been a very, very leftist platform. Like they have, they've completely, you know, put that put put the leftist ideals ahead of of whatever else. And I will say forever that they had every right to do that because it was their platform. They can run it however they want. But suddenly that's changed, right? And all the people that were fine with it being one way are now outraged that it may be a different way, and. To me, that's 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 a form of of civil war. Like, I don't know. Like, if you're going to be okay with with one person running Twitter w- one way because it's a private company, you have to be okay with the next person doing it the exact same thing if you don't agree with their views. It's a shit show either way, in my opinion. But it's the same thing. The ideals have just kind of flopped to more of a 
of a libertarian mentality as opposed to a liberal mentality. But I don't know, like whoever owns Twitter has a right to run Twitter however the hell they want. It's my choice whether or not I want to partake in that platform. I do find it amusing. Like I, I enjoy watching some of the meltdowns. I'll be honest. I enjoy watching some of the celebrities cry and act like their life is ruined because because they can't tweet when just a year ago they were begging Jack or whoever the hell was running Twitter to ban all these other people because they didn't agree with what they said. Like that's just insane, insane to me to have the, the ego and the privilege to think that your opinion is that much more important than anybody else's. And also that we're fighting on a platform with words over stuff that people are making billions of dollars off and they're all sitting back and lining their pockets and laughing at all of us because that's all they care about on both sides of it. Like if, if the people that were truly that, that had Twitter were truly passionate about their, their ideal, you know, they don't get called capitalists, even though they sold it for $44 billion. Like why is the the group that owned Twitter? Not, not like criticized for that, but the guy that buys it is that makes no sense to me. Um, so, so you're saying that you, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Um, you're okay with unlimited free speech on Twitter personally? Um, no, I wouldn't say unlimited, but I'm saying with, with being, like, I, I don't think people should be able to be openly racist or, or homophobic or, or anti-trans or things like that. What I am saying is there's a lot of things that aren't explicitly those that are labeled those, or at least there were, yeah. and, and the mob would take off with that. I think it should, just, it should be less censored, I think, for all people, not just some people, if that makes sense, or whatever the hell they want. Like, again... If Elon Musk decides that he wants to run that shit into the ground just for the fun of it, that's his choice. It's his, like, like I, I don't care. Um, you know, I was never like one of those people that came out and said that it wasn't fair that, that Twitter shut down Donald Trump or shut down these other people. I, it was their, like, it's their platform that can do what they want with it. And mm-hmm. the, what I actually find amusing is, is how either side you know, when, when Trump got shut down, all these conservatives were going to go start their own network and get off of it. And now all these, you know, high profile liberals are going to get off Twitter and do these other things. 99% of them are still going to stay on Twitter and still just like talk shit, but not do anything about it at the end of the day. That was kind of my bigger point. Um, and I, I think that the vast majority of people only see things from their perspective. Like I don't agree with, with well, yeah, obvious, that's, a, that's a true statement yes. with, I don't agree with most of the stuff that, that either side says on Twitter, if I'm being completely honest, but I feel like I'm not calling myself special, but I, I feel like I can separate the two. Like I can see the, 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 the insanity from all of it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense at all, but, but no, I don't think Twitter should just be a, like if I were running Twitter, no, I would not make it. So it's completely free speech. Like I think people have a right to, to be 
protected if they're using my service. And if I'm not doing a good job of that, then they should stop using the service. And, um, you know, I, I, I obviously I'm not a financial investor, but I have a hard time seeing Twitter being financially viable at this point, whether it stays exactly the same or people go away or more people come like just the basic idea that he paid two and a half times of what it was valued at. Like how, how, how does that work? Like, right. Well, I guess that's just it is my, my thing about it is that uh, allowing hate speech would be bad for business. And, you know, it would, it would, it would drive advertisers away. It would drive users away, which drives ad revenue down. Um, And then, yeah, the other thing about it is just, I don't understand why he did this. You know, because, like you said, he paid way too much for Twitter. And then it doesn't seem like he had a real solid plan for what to do once he got it. No, it doesn't. I, I, I mean, I'm being amused by it, but I don't, I don't understand it. Um, right. I think, so the hate speech thing, I think the, the, the distinction I was trying to make is, is how do we define what hate speech is truly? Because right, I understand what you mean. Because yeah, some, anybody can call it. Some people will take the slightest slight or even mm-hmm. slip up Right. And, yeah. and run with that. And, you know, I think that's a, an issue as well. I, I really do. So, you know, some, some guy that gets, gets some success in his, when he's 35, people will dig up a tweet. He, he, he sent out when he was 16 that, you know, yes. The, the generally is even is mildly inappropriate, not even wholly inappropriate. And, and his entire life can be ruined. It, um, or, you know, somebody can start reporting somebody because because they're sometimes even unknowingly misidentifying somebody or, or misusing pronouns. Like, that's not hate mm-hmm. speech. That's a mistake. And then, right. you know, that catches wind and then people get outraged on either side. And before that, it's not even about that, that person. I think back to, um, do you remember a few years ago when that that kid was at some sort of rally? Um, I think I don't remember where he was from, but but there was yeah. video of him getting up in that native guy's like face, yes. and yep. the media completely took that and ran with it. And I was one of them yep. that I was like, "Man, I can't believe this kid! How disrespectful!" And if I'm not mistaken, he was probably wearing a mega hat, right? Well, yeah. I mean, once that whole story comes out, it was nothing like that at all. And that kid's worth billions of dollars now because he was able to sue all these people. And obviously he had a very strong case and it wasn't yeah. hateful at all. He, he like, I don't know the whole story cause most of it's sealed, but, but it wasn't hateful at all. In fact, he was trying to help that guy and whatever, like we only know the little bit that the media shows us or that the media wants us to see. And well, I feel yeah. like Twitter was that way as well previously. Like there were a lot of things that got censored and something of, of similar shock value that was more of a liberal type ideal would not be censored. So there's, it's creating it, it's, that civil war that, I, that we were kind of talking about. Yeah, no, it, it is. I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, just <clears throat> recently in 
the video game world, there was an example of this game, Bayonetta 3. Um, and the, this actress, yes. uh, voice actress for the main character, Bayonetta, um, comes out and says that she she's not in the third game and people didn't know why. And so she came out and said, well, the reason is that they only offered me $4,000 to to voice the character for the game. And, and this game has made millions of dollars throughout the year, blah, blah, blah throughout the years um and uh then it turns out that she was really kind of stretching the truth and not telling the full truth um and and so when it initially came out everybody attacked the developer everybody attacked the people you know that hired her and they were all up in arms against them and the whole time I'm just thinking, well, this seems like there's maybe more to this story than she's telling us, right? And and we've only heard one side of the story, and that happens all the time. And then it turns out, like, she wasn't telling the full truth. And <clears throat> um, and now everybody's like, oh, well, she sounds like a terrible person. So now yeah. they're all against her again. And it's just, uh, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle right yeah. and we don't know the whole truth and and there's just this tendency on twitter but also everywhere on the internet i mean it's not it's not just twitter it's, oh no it's wherever it's wherever discussions are Correct. on the internet right it it's it's youtube comments it's uh, weird forums that i've never even heard of it's facebook it's whatever and um there people just have this tendency to the internet has the ability to facilitate groupthink in a really dangerous way um that that people just jump on the bandwagon and and it and you might have like the kernel of the thought in your head but when you see other people saying it it's like oh okay yeah i'm gonna, i'm i'm uh, it, it validates that thought in your head that maybe you hadn't fully formed or hadn't fully thought out right and you never do fully critically think about what it is you're saying you just say it because you see other people saying it and it validates yeah your ability to say it even though you don't fucking know what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> and so people do that all the time. And I find myself doing it sometimes too. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and there is an addiction to outrage on the internet. There is like there, there. You know, I catch myself just looking on Facebook and Twitter and thinking like, why am I reading any of this? It's all it's doing is just making me mad. You know, there's all these pages and I follow so many pages that <clears throat> I, I follow a lot of left leaning pages and stuff. And sometimes they post shit that is just stupid and, and they don't understand the whole perspective. Like there's this one page that I follow 
Green New Deal. And I don't know, maybe I need to just unfollow them. But they are politically, um, I mean, a, a climate change uh, page, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. And there was this one meme that they posted about how... Um, how America transportation in America is so much um, more inconvenient for people because they have to drive um, their cars and they can't just take a train. And and in my head, I'm just like, well, yeah, where I live, like, I I don't have the option, right? And there's. And where a lot of other people live, like where I live is pretty condensed compared to, say, where you live, right? Yeah. You're not going to f- take a fucking train to work every day. No. It's just not feasible, right? No. And and you need to be able to – so I just found myself like looking at that and thinking, like, why – at some point I might have gotten outraged and, and might have clicked like on this, right, and, mm. and shared it or whatever and, and – now I'm just like, well, there's so much more to this story than that. Mm-hmm. And it happens all the time. And so compound that a billion times. And then the other thing that I find is that news on the internet is just designed to do the exact same thing as well. And half the time, news is just reporting on a fucking TikTok video they saw or reporting on an exchange on Reddit or Twitter. Yeah. And it, and it's like, this isn't news. Yeah. This isn't fucking news. Yeah. Like, why is this being labeled as news yeah. Yeah. or being put out there as a news story? Like, give me actual reporting. Give me actual news. Because yeah. now everybody in the fucking country is just completely ignorant. And I find myself just being completely ignorant. Like, I... I'm seeking out substance. I was talking to Coley the other day. I just, I need substance. I need to read a fucking magazine and the newspaper and sit down and watch fucking Ted Koppel deliver the goddamn news to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just need something real about something real. Yeah. Yeah, I would give anything to, to... I don't know about anything, but yeah, I agree. So there was a lot to unpack from what you just said, and I'll try to. Sorry, it's just. Well, no, I, 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 I had, obviously, I, I had went on before that. So, but you know, you talk about um, just how everybody's quick to anger and and whatnot, and I completely agree with that. But you know, I could. It's not just Twitter, and it's not even just the internet. Like I remember back in the days of of sitting at the restaurant. And like when the 24 hour news cycles first started and all the people sitting up there drinking coffee, they'd see something on, on whatever station. I think it was mostly CNN back then. That was like the first one. And they would instantly react to all of it before knowing the whole story. And these, these, these news cycles aren't great at following up, especially if they got it wrong. Right. You don't hear about that too often, but people are very quick to anger and very quick to react. And, um, I think we're all guilty of it. Headlines. Yeah. They don't read the article. And I'm as guilty of it as, as well. Like even as, as much as I try to think things through and as much as I consider myself a, a free and critical thinker, I still fall, fall into those traps on occasion. Usually it's when I'm already irritated about something and then I'll mm-hmm. be like, Argh. but right. um, 
but it happens like it happens to the best of us. And I think that's the design. And I don't know that the design is because these people are evil. It's because that shit sells, which I guess that makes them evil, but yeah, but whatever. It doesn't, Uh, it makes them a part of this system. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and, and like ratings are huge ratings and all this other stuff and what's trending and whatnot. Like the analytics of, of media and business are far different than they used to be. Um, and yeah, like as far as like following like the political pages, I follow very few of them anymore because, you know, I, I was kind of the opposite of you like six, seven years ago. I followed a lot of the right, right leaning pages, especially like the pro gun ones. And over the years, I found myself not necessarily changing my stance on how I feel about those things, but more changing my stance on how, I don't know on how I respect others opinions about those things to begin with. Um, yeah. And also just the insanity of the, the comparison some of these places try to make like with, with some of these things. So uh, yeah, I've, I've, I mostly follow stupid humor pages and whatever. And I, my life seems to be much, much more serene since I've started doing yeah. that. Yeah. It, 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 so, Yes. So un- yeah. to unfollow a page like like the Green New Deal, that doesn't mean, you know, I'm just using you for an example. That doesn't mean that you don't still care about those issues and that you're not passionate about those issues. It just right. means you're tired of all that nonsense bullshit and um posting those memes is not going to do anything but divide people and it's not really going to 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 help change anything. Like I don't know. I guess that's kind of where I where I'm at. Yeah. In all this. Like exactly. Yeah. You know, like I don't know, just whatever. And I'm over it. I, I want to see our country improve. I want to see more equality. I do want to see, believe it or not, I want to see a cleaner, healthier planet. Um, I, I do want to see far less, you know, gun crime. I want to see all those things. I just don't think the way that it's ever going to get there is by posting memes and talking shit to each other and seeing families and friends getting in these feuds that, that will tear them apart and, and make their bond never be the same again over stupid shit. Like if we really want to get down to the hearts of these matters, we got to put all that shit aside. We got to stop take, we got to take all that nonsense out of all these bills that potentially prevent them from getting passed. So we can do things about the climate and things about guns. Cause there's things that can be done about both that don't immediately go to banning every gun or spending $20 trillion for a green infrastructure on something that probably won't work anyway. Like, like there's things that can be done and like nobody's willing to start at those smaller steps. I don't feel like, and work their way up to, to maybe actually creating some, some change in this world. Um, well, I it's know. no, I, I, I hear you, uh, but one thing that I just wanted to mention, like I, you said, you know, we have people who let you fight in with their families over politics and, and stuff and, and you're right. And, and it's just, it's interesting to me because, um, people, will who have heard this podcast is they'll talk to me and they'll they'll be like so he's right wing and you're left wing and and he's your best friend i was like yeah 
Yeah, he is. And people can't imagine that. Whereas, like, 20 years ago, that of course, that... It was completely that was common. Never, yeah. Right. That, was, that, that happened all the time. And it wasn't... We didn't kill each other over it. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, like, I've heard the arguments that, um, you know, if if one side is fighting against basic human rights, um, then I don't want to be friends with them. Um, like, on the left, you hear that all the time, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be friends with somebody who who'd, who would support a candidate who votes for this terrible bill that whatever. But but at the same time that's just serving to to tear us further apart and and what ends up happening is we dig in deeper on each side. So the right gets more right and the left gets more left and there's just no common ground whatsoever and then nothing gets done. Yeah. And both parties become obstructionist because they don't want to work together on anything because they don't want to be seen as working together on anything. Um, I mean, look at what happened to the two Republicans on the January 6th committee. They got ostracized by their party because they worked with the Democrats on this. Yeah, yeah, no, the the two-party system is fucked. It needs to change. Yeah, it's completely. And, and, I mean, it has been for a while, right? Yeah. But, obviously. Like 200 years. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yes. (laughs) But, obviously, this is, like, the straw that. The, I mean, the camel's back seems like it's already been broken. But they, but they both have too much power. So that's, I mean, that's, that's going right. to be the difficult part. And yep. if a civil war were to come, I would hope it would be the people against the system more than anything. But that's not how it'll be. It'll be the system that'll pit the people against each other, because that's what it's designed itself to do. It's yeah. So Jeremy. What are we gonna do about this? Because I think I feel like next next episode we need to just talk about like Lord of the Rings again or something. Sure. Because well, it was election day. <laughs> but no, I think listen, her. listen. No, I think so too. But I think this is a good example of two people who disagree on many things can actually have a conversation without hating each other. Like that's yeah. key. That's important. I feel like yep. that needs to happen. And. Well, I also yeah, don't just I don't think you and I actually disagree a whole lot on the issues. I think we just don't no. see eye to eye on exactly how the best approach to to solving them is. You 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 know, I don't want to speak for you, but you tend to think that that like we should count on our authorities and our government to do that, whereas I tend to think we've tried that and they fucked it up every single time. So, you know, so what? I don't know what to do. I, I guess. I, I, I'll be the first to tell you I don't have a plan. Like it's not my job to come up with that that plan, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have the answers, but I just know that it's not working yeah. as it is now. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, you know, yeah. like like just but, and, even and, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. And the other thing that most people don't think about, but I think a lot of people know, on both sides that in Washington. 
guess who they're having a beer with the day after they are screaming at each other? Each other. Fox News and MSNBC. Each other. They're having drinks with the Republicans. They're having drinks with the Democrats. They're fucking they're, each other. They're like, all friends. Yeah. Exactly. It's like when you watch those TV shows where the defense lawyer and the prosecutor go up against in court and hate each other, and then as soon as court's over, they're you know fucking right. in the bathroom. Like, which, which tells you that either they don't take it as seriously as we all do, or. They're all in on it together. It's a game. It's literally Game of Thrones. It's it's exactly. modern Game of Thrones. And neither of those options is, is beneficial to no. us. No, it's not. It's all for their own individual interests. And right. And helping each other out. You know, that's that's you know, like even before a bill comes to the floor, they know more or less exactly what the vote's gonna be because they've went around and already made deals for votes to everybody. Yeah. Like, yep. like it's not ever a shocker to the people voting. They know exactly how I mean, it's going to turn out. Yeah. Anyway, I got to take the dog out. He's pacing. Yeah, I got to wrap up too. So. Yeah. Wow. Well, this was fun. I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. So it's just, funny because I wanted to talk about Elon Musk tonight, but I didn't want to explicitly bring him up. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I. I love the guy. I don't, but I don't hate the guy. Like I'm completely indifferent. Just like I was to Twitter before. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just fascinating. I, my personal feeling is I just think he's no one man should have that much power. Right. I don't, I don't think I, I just think he's a billionaire. A, he's a person with way too much money. Yeah. And, um, I don't think that he should it, I, I don't think a person like just a, on a basic level I don't think a person should buy a company one day and then immediately be able to lay off half of its staff the next day and enforce I will I will say that seems odd that seems like strange like well because there's no board, right? Didn't he? Well, but I mean, there's still laws. There's still labor laws. Yeah. Yeah, but there anyway. is there is no board. No, like that's. I could see him laying them off and you know giving them severance or something. I I think of it like if if somebody were to come by an apartment complex with a thousand tenants in it, like they wouldn't legally be able to kick them all out on the street the next day. They could serve notice that that you know whatever, right? So um, yeah. But I don't know enough about that to really comment on it. Do I think Elon Musk needs his $290 billion? No. Do I know the answer to keep that from happening? No, because otherwise it just goes to the government and they're going to waste it anyway and, and line their own pockets. So we would have everybody in Congress would be one billionaires instead of having a few big billionaires throughout. I know, but don't. So you. Okay. Oh, we're not done. Bogey's laying back down. So I'm not done. <laughs> So you, well, we're going to have to be soon. (laughs) I know that you are anti-taxes, right? I mean, is that fair to say? I I think there's a lot of waste, yes. And maybe it's just because I'm in a shit fucking tax bracket, Daniel, and that's probably got something to do with it. So am I. But But I I don't, I, I believe in infrastructure. I believe we should be, you know, supporting our schools and our education system and our highways and our roads and things like that. 
but there's a lot of waste. And I think that we could greatly reduce taxes that, which would improve the economy for everybody. If, if we did that. Um, but don't you think that if we were able to extract some fair amount of taxes from billionaires that we wouldn't have to tax the lower 99% as much? Well, that depends on what you... Cons- like if we could close loopholes, Cayman Island loopholes, Swedish account loopholes, all that other shit fucking Pennsylvania account loopholes. Yeah. If we could close those loopholes and actually tax the upper echelon of the economic brackets appropriately and fairly, then wouldn't wouldn't that theoretically trickle down quote unquote to save the rest of us from being taxed as harshly? Not as long as the government's in control of it, no. I, I, I don't believe it would. And I think that, I mean, I don't know how much Elon Musk has paid in taxes, but I bet you it's more than the entire state of Montana combined. It just seems like an unreasonable amount compared to how much he has. And I understand that, right? Like, um, there are loopholes and billionaires do have a way of keeping all their money tied up in stocks, but I can do that as well. You're not paying taxes on your stocks right now. Like we all have that right. They just happen to be doing it at a much grander scale. Now who created those loopholes? Who created that system? The federal government, but nobody ever looks at them to be the problem. They want them to be the solution. They're not going to fix it. They're just going to take the fucking money from the, if, if, if that were the case, they would take more money from the ultra billionaires. They're not going to give it back to us. They're not Robin Hood. I promise you that. Well, well then is that, an, is that a government problem or is that an American government problem? Because other countries don't seem to have that same problem. In other countries, they can, they can have big government. You know, so... Switzerland, China. Okay. Like, they can have big government and still have much better services for individuals than we do here. So they have much better healthcare. They have much better um, educational systems that, that are free. They have better roads. They have better infrastructure. Everything. Okay. Well, okay. We'll talk about Sweden. First so it of all. seems to me more of a, an American problem. I, I, I do think it's a government problem and I think it's an American government problem. I think the American government has been able to run so corrupt for so long that yes, right. those things happen. I also think it's very hard to compare America to other countries because a, we are far, far, far bigger than Sweden, like far bigger. I think I've always been one to say socialism and I'm not calling Sweden a socialist country. Socialism will work on a small scale, a hundred percent of the time. I firmly believe that. I think the problem with America is we're far too big. Socialism works in small tribes and things like that. It has throughout time. But when you have too much authority and too much power for one, one section, in our case, the government, and there's too much of a population spread out in our case of the United States of America is a huge country as far as land goes. And I know, yeah. chi- I know China's huge also, but they're also communist. So 
I don't think the grass is necessarily as green over there as you're making Yo, it I'm sound. I'm not saying that I want to be like China. Are there just the, the places there like things. the Nordic countries are great examples of what I think we should all strive to be. I really do. Like the crime, the crime rate is super low. They do tend to have a lot of personal liberties and freedoms still. Like, like that's great. Um, I don't know what their tax rates are. I really don't. Uh, but even just look at Canada. Canada is a large country, and Canada is a large country. But the population in Canada is much much smaller than the population in the United States. Sure, like yeah. like like a third. So, um, and they're also you know I don't know. It's it's just it's I don't know how to say it. It's it's just I'm not different. saying that I I'm not saying that America should be socialist, but I am saying that some. I guess I'm I'm saying that it's possible. It, it's to, it's possible to have more social programs, but what right. we don't do, in and my opinion, yes, but 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 in my opinion, to make that possible is to cut a bunch of the bullshit that we don't need, and put it into that. Like the the sure. I, you'll agree with this one, the defense budget. We do not need that yeah. much fucking money in our defense budget. Uh, absolutely. absolutely, we don't need that much money right. in our defense budget. As far as healthcare goes. I can tell you from a very personal perspective that the majority of healthcare costs come from all the bureaucracy and fucking bullshit that the government makes healthcare facilities and doctors go through to get paid. Yes. So if yes. we if we cut a bunch of that, then I mean, at this point no, do I trust insurance companies and doctors and hospitals to just automatically pass that on? No, I don't. But we got to that point by and large because of of where we were at. We also do have some of the best medical facilities in the world, and um, I don't doubt that that Canada's healthcare is good and all these other things. But people come to the United States all the time if they need serious health, like you know, a serious surgery or, or something like that, because a it's it's obviously better and they can afford it. Um, Our health insurance system is basic, absurd, though. Basic basic healthcare. Absolutely. I don't think there's any reason whatsoever that that should not be available to all people. Anybody should be able to go get a checkup. Anybody should be able to get follow-up care for, for whatever they found in that checkup. And if we could get the cost of treatment down, then everybody should be able to have treatment for things like cancer or whatever they, they may need. But getting the cost of that treatment down isn't solely by handing it the reins back to the government, who in large part is responsible for creating the cost of healthcare in this country. Like they really are. The amount of nonsense that goes on behind the scenes to make the government happy in a healthcare facility is absurd and it's expensive. It's very expensive. Um, well, but, okay, but insurance is largely private sector. Correct. And isn't a lot of that cost from insurance companies as well? Yes. Yes. But insurance companies in part are being compliant to the government and in part they are trying to find whatever reason they can to not have to pay. So, and they're passing those investigative costs or administrative costs back onto their subscribers. So private insurance right. companies aren't great either. In my opinion, if we really want to, start to to help the healthcare cost crisis in this country. I really do think we need to open up 
insurance companies to be able to do business across state lines to begin with, and also have a very, very thorough examination of the compliance processes that the government requires and eliminate as much of that as possible. Um, which, so if an insurance companies could sell across state lines, that would make it much more competitive. The, the Obamacare, the affordable care act, that marketplace can sell across state lines. And that's one of the reasons it's more affordable than it is to get private insurance or insurance through your employer or whatever, because th there's competition. Um, right now the, the, the federal government, you know, they, they restrict interstate sales of insurance. You have to buy it in the state that you live in. So that's just the way it is. Um, hmm. And, you know, it would call, it would make all these, these companies go into competition with each other and with themselves. Like Blue Cross Blue Shield of Montana can charge whatever the hell they want because they're not worried about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Nebraska coming in and, and offering people a better deal because they're not allowed to. Um, yeah, I think healthcare is, is a no brainer. Like I am not against people getting healthcare. That's, I think that's a given. I think that we have enough tax revenue for that already roads, infrastructure, schools. I think we have enough, enough tax revenue for that already. I think that all these programs, these little programs add up that at the end of the day, I don't think do a whole lot for most people. Like, you know, we got, we get grant money from the federal government all the time at our hospital yeah. for, yeah. we have to spend $60,000 on fucking chairs, chairs, Daniel. And if we don't, we, if we don't, we lose it. So guess what? Well, we, let's just, buy, it, let's right. just, let's just buy all these fucking chairs. Cause it's better than giving that money back. Yeah. And it's that type of stuff that adds up, that pisses me off, yeah. that annoys me. And no, I, I agree. And you know, go to pay gas and, and there's 14 cents a gallon tax, just state tax and 17 cents a gallon federal tax that is supposed to be used to, to upkeep the highways. And then you go to license your vehicle and you're paying $200 a year and, and, and car license taxes that also goes to upkeep the highways. And then you get your property taxes in the mail and a certain percentage of that goes to up, upkeep the highways. Like, and then I think about um, the. But my damn my damn kid's school te school teacher has to create an Amazon wish list and send it out to the parents to get fucking school supplies. Like right. Our priorities. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Our priorities are fucked up. The money. No, the I, the money is are. there. I agree. And if we take yeah. we take all of Elon Musk's and Bill Gates' money, that's not going back to where we want it to go to. That's going to go to other shit. Every single time. No, you're right. We need to fix. But here's the other thing. It, it, it goes back to what you were saying about us having too many people. Because I think you're right. Because we spend all this money. We tax people so that we have all this money and we have all this wasteful stuff. Right? And we have all these wasteful funds going all over the place. For instance, at my job. We rent out. I probably shouldn't be talking about this, but whatever. I'm going to say it. We rent out a floor of the building that I work at to an IRS um, 
a wing. What would you call it? Anyway. An office. Yeah, whatever. There's IRS offices in our building. They pay an ungodly amount Mm -hmm. of rent at our building. Ungodly. Like, they don't even care. No. They, they don't. They pay way more than anybody else mm-hmm. pays us. We have other tenants in that building, and they pay so much more, and they don't care. Yeah. And they have, like, two people working in that building, for the most part, but ever since COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And so now, for the most part, it's all just archives and stuff and files and, and things in there. But otherwise, there's, like, two or three people working in there at any given time. And they are paying hundreds of thousands a year. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't shock me, Daniel. That's just it's one small example in absurd. one in one relatively tiny town and one relatively tiny state. But what I mean, what I was getting at, sorry, I got sidetracked myself, is that that um, we ballooned out of control because we're constantly trying to add jobs. Because adding jobs is something you can say in a political yeah, ad. Yeah, there's a data point and for you that. Can, you can say, oh, you know, I created this many jobs, and all you're doing is pushing money around for for things that don't need to exist. No. No, it's yeah. a giant. We have too many people and not enough stuff for yeah. them to do. And that's a problem with capitalism, yeah. but we don't have to get all into if that. The, if the government was Bernie Madoff, they'd be fucking in prison for the rest of their lives. <laughs> uh, it's, it's true. Anyway, that, yeah. yeah. And yeah. And that the, was good. The, the form of crony capitalism that most of the great corporations and the government uses is, is not what traditional capitalism was all about. And I don't know that we'll ever find our way back to traditional capitalism at this point because it's mm. just too far gone. It, right. All right. Yeah, no. I mean, if the founding fathers had seen what we would have become, I don't know what they would have done. Well, I mean, that's that's I, a whole other topic. If the founding fathers would have saw, seen a black man in a voting booth, they would have shit their pants, right? Let's be honest. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, like, yeah. as great as they were, they were flawed. And, I, you know, yeah. they knew that, I think, but to a degree. They weren't, you know, they, they couldn't see the future, which, you know, yeah. is, is fair. Yeah, so... But we can have a uh, conversation again. So anyway, I really do got to get going. Yeah, me, yeah. me too. Poor All bogey. Right. Good talk, though. Yeah, good he's, talk. He's sleeping under the blanket now. So Yes. All right, that was good. Appreciate it. Yeah, likewise. Anyway. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Of Course We Have a Podcast. Um, I might split this up into two parts because I don't know that we're going to be recording the week of Thanksgiving, so maybe I could put a little bonus thing out there that week. There you go. Um, But if we don't, everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey. Be thankful for this country that we live in. And I'm thankful for you, Jeremy. And I'm thankful for you, Daniel. And I'm thankful that... I do have a warm house and food and a lot of things that a lot of people don't have, not just in this country, but in other countries. Indeed. Yes. All right. And ammunition. I'm grateful that I got so much fucking ammunition. I need some. <laughs> yeah. I, need, I need me some of that. Yeah, you do. All right. Yeah. 
stopping. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs>